Hello and good morning. It's Tuesday, the 6th of November, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the first and only weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. Today, episode 64, humans are illogical, common sense comes to autonomous cars, and GM's cruise automation readies fully driverless cars for next year. All this right now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, to kick things off, of course, we are going to begin with a recap of last week's Friday poll day. Because, of course, we are. It's Tuesday, and that's what we do on Tuesday mornings. But rather than simply just saying, hey, head on over to twitter.com slash autonomous hogue, which, by the way, head on over to twitter.com slash autonomous hogue. Um, well, I'm actually just going to dive into a discussion about this because, frankly, it segues perfectly into our first segment about humans just being completely and utterly illogical. So the question was, in terms of death rates of human-driven cars, as a reminder, that's 40,000 per year here in the US, that's about 1.3 million per year worldwide, how much safer do autonomous cars need to be before you'll trust them blindly? So rather unimaginatively, of course, the uh, answer choices were A, as safe as humans, B, 25 to 50% safer, C, 51 to 75% safer, or D, 76 to 100% safer, essentially then zero deaths. You know, autonomous cars must be absolutely perfect unless and until people are willing to actually get inside and be driven around by them. So, let me just uh, lay it on you then. Um, the results of the survey are, shall I say, rather uh, discouraging. I will also furthermore begin by saying that I cast my vote for A. They should be at least as safe as humans. Rather unsurprisingly, that was not really the most popular answer choice. In fact, neither was B, neither was C. D was by far and away the most popular answer choice, with 45% of voters responding that that autonomous cars are going to need to be between 76 to 100% safer than human-driven cars before they're willing to trust them blindly. Now, um, I get it. That's a somewhat large range, right? 76 to 100%. I get it. And admittedly, actually, now that I think about this, I'm pretty tempted to kind of run the poll again and really drill down into that number, you know, to understand how much safer indeed is required for autonomous cars, you know, before people will trust autonomous cars. Um, But in any event, this is what I don't understand. I mean, it seems to me that if something is safer than the status quo, then it is by definition better. So, I I mean, maybe I'm just missing something here, but I feel like, you know, if I know that my chances of dying are one in 5,000, say, in a human-driven car, and they're one in like 10,000 in an autonomous car, I'm going to always choose that autonomous car because it's just safer. I don't need it to be 100% safer. I don't need it to have a 0% chance of killing me. Um, so I don't really understand the results of this, of this survey. 
Um, and so that does kind of lead into our first segment about humans being totally and utterly illogical, um, which is, well, okay. <laughs> I don't suppose you remember uh, a month ago, I- I'm not even sure if we reported on this because frankly, it was, I think it was a somewhat trivial thing. Uh, a Waymo uh, Chrysler Pacifica minivan had in fact injured a motorcyclist. Um, and the issue was obviously, you know, what happened and how and why did this occur in the first place? Well, now we've got some details on what precisely happened on that fateful day of October 19th. The motorcyclist, by the way, is fine, minor injuries. Uh, and in case you were wondering, the Chrysler Pacifica minivan, also okay, just minor injuries. So it turns out there was a three-lane road. The The Waymo vehicle was driving in the middle of the three lanes. Uh, a car to the left had then started to kind of drift into that middle lane, whereupon inexplicably, the human overlord of the Waymo vehicle decided to disengage its autonomous driving functionality, took matters into their own hands, literally and figuratively, and swerved into the adjacent right lane in which the motorcycle rider had begun to overtake the Waymo car, now in the Waymo's blind spot, and being totally focused on avoiding the car to the left, Well, the Waymo backup driver didn't see the motorcyclist and therefore hit said motorcyclist. I don't need to dive into some rigorous analysis as to what went wrong here. Clearly, the human backup driver simply wasn't fully situationally aware, shall we say, or had they been, they would have realized they couldn't, in fact, swerve to the right as they had done. Naturally, Uh, the autonomous driving system would presumably not have done this because, of course, it would be fully situationally aware 360 degrees around the car. So, again, this goes to show that when you enter the human element into the equation, things start to break. Now, I realize many of you are going to say, yeah, but there was no guarantee the car would have, in fact, done the right thing, would have avoided the car, would have avoided the motorcycle. What would it, what could it have done? What should it have done? So this obviously raises the interesting question of, indeed, what would the average, or as I like to say, the reasonably prudent human do? Um, You know, as I mentioned in the past, my dad used to race competitively. um, And so one of the most important lessons you learn when driving is to be the so-called defensive driver. And I think maybe some people misunderstand what that term means. My interpretation of that phrase, and frankly, the way it was taught to me, I should say, the way it was sort of handed down to me, it's almost a philosophy of driving really it's it's defensive in a sort of forward-looking sense i don't mean literally looking forward but i mean sort of being so situationally aware that you're kind of mm, several steps ahead of what may happen so for example you're driving along in a lane and you're aware of the fact that two lanes over someone's just done something totally idiotic which you anticipate is going to cause the driver to your right to swerve to avoid that idiot two lanes over. And so you preemptively swerve away so as to allow the car to your right to have room to swerve away from the initial idiot. So that's kind of the idea of defensive driving. And that's something, admittedly, autonomous cars, well, the promise anyway, is that they will do this even better than humans eventually. Thing is, though, they're already potentially doing things better than most humans. I mean, just go on YouTube and just... You know, you'll see countless examples of even Tesla's autopilot avoiding things that are just unbelievable. There's one 
There's one video in particular that I've watched over and over and over again where a Tesla slammed on its own brakes to avoid some sort of thing occurring several cars down the road. At least from the camera's point of view, I can't see what's being avoided. It's astonishing. Um, so so I guess I guess really what I'm getting at here is simply the fact that, you know, I, in light of the news that we announced, what, just last week, I guess the previous episode, 63, on Thursday, that Waymo has just been granted the first ever permit here in California to test drive not just fully autonomous vehicles, but indeed truly driverless autonomous vehicles, meaning no human required in that driver's seat. Um, You know, this, I think, this finding of the October accident is pretty well-timed. I mean, what a coincidence, right? Because Arguably, if that backup driver had not intervened, that accident would have never occurred. So give that some thought. Do write in, leave a comment, leave a voicemail if you're listening on the Anchor.fm platform. Let's really talk about this. I want to understand from those of you who voted that the autonomous cars would need to be 76 to 100% better than human-driven cars. I want to understand... uh, I I just want to understand your thought process. I want to understand why it is at least as good as humans, is not sufficiently good enough for you. Um, so, yeah, let me know, and let's discuss it. Hey, don't forget, if you are enjoying this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and cast your vote with five shiny golden stars, if you please. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue and our website, markhogue.com, where you can comment away your heart's content. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I want to talk about a startup you've probably never heard of, and admittedly about which I don't have much to go on, but I think it's still worth discussing, if only for where I want to take this discussion, as you'll see in a moment. They're called IC, as in I see you, you are seen by me. They're based over at MIT and supported by the MIT venture capital arm, The Engine. And their goal, their mission is to effectively bring common sense to self-driving cars. Their argument is that while self-driving cars can effectively now see the world around them, they can't really understand the world. And so what they've done is they've apparently developed a sort of common sense engine, which then enables the cars to really understand what's going on around them, predicting what's going to happen, say, several seconds down the road, and effectively then learn from past experiences to better adapt in real time to new experiences, rather like we humans are admittedly pretty good at doing. So uh, again, not much to go on here. So I'm not going to dive in too much to sort of, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions. And frankly, I'd love to reach out to the IC team. I'll try to find you on LinkedIn. If you're listening to this, if anybody knows the IC team out in, in uh, at MIT, please, by all means, reach out. It'd be great to connect with you. But this gave me a really interesting idea that I've never really read about elsewhere. And, and, and one of the things the IC team is sort of alluding to is this idea of enabling cars to effectively learn from their human owners. And so I was thinking, well, why not effectively enable 
autonomous cars, you know, why isn't there a way to sort of communicate with them? When I say communicate, I mean nothing more complex really than the binary voting system that Pandora and Apple Music and other similar services have enabled have enabled listeners to do in terms of indicating the kind of music they like or dislike, right? So you upvote to say, hey, I like this music, which then teaches the system that in general, this is the sort of music you enjoy. You downvote it, which says, hey, I, I don't like this. And although I've never read it, my assumption is that if you if you just listen to a song all the way through to the end, that's a sort of implicit um, vote that you, you're okay with that song, even if you don't explicitly indicate that you really like it with a thumbs up vote. Where I'm going with this um, is, is as follows. Um, I wonder whether it would make sense for cars, for, for semi-autonomous cars, certainly level four included, and of course, level three and below. Um, wouldn't it be kind of neat if there were a way that, you know, whenever your car did a thing, you could simply tap a button sort of upvoting or downvoting its decision. So, I don't know. Let me think. Uh, suppose, say in a Tesla, for instance, you indicate you want to change lanes. The car then starts to change lanes, but it does so not so well. doesn't matter what it did wrong. It just didn't do it as well as you would have liked. Okay, so you give it a downvote. Or suppose uh, a little bit in the future, uh, the car is sort of merging lanes on its own, or maybe it's come to a stop or it's accelerated a certain way, or it's gone around a slower car a certain way that you just don't approve of, or conversely that you do approve of. You think it's done a great job, or maybe it's avoided an accident or swerved or, or slammed on the brakes preemptively. And so you're going to give it a thumbs up. So it learns, Hey, I did a good job here. Going forward a bit, suppose we are soon to see cars, which are finally reacting to stoplights or, or stop signs. Um, and maybe it's done a good job or it hasn't. And so you upvote or downvote it accordingly. I wonder whether in conjunction with all the crowdsourced data these cars are generating from other, other vehicles and streets all over the world, whether adding this additional layer of kind of upvote, downvote from the human driver, whether that'll, you know, whether there'd be a way to incorporate this, this kind of voting system so as to make the cars do an even better job. Again, I'm totally just thinking out loud here. I have no idea. If anybody has any thoughts on this, please do reach out because I'd love to discuss this further in a future episode. So just last week, we reported on the rather embarrassing detail that GM's cruise automation based here in San Francisco, well, turns out they're not so good at seeing pedestrians. You know, just a minor detail. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, cruise automation, of course, really kind of neck and neck with Waymo in terms of, you know, which company is going to bring the first fully driverless autonomous cars to market. Uh, they're really still up there in the running, no question about it at all. And indeed, with respect to this difficulty of seeing pedestrians, uh, yeah, obviously kind of a big deal, but uh, GM's CEO, Mary Barra, has made it quite clear that they are going to still be perfectly on track to getting their driverless cars on the streets by next year in admittedly limited geofenced areas within San Francisco. Her whole point, as she says, is once you're able to demonstrate that you can have autonomous vehicles safely operating in a city like San Francisco, well, that really opens up the whole market. As I've said before, for those of you who don't know San Francisco, uh, driving rules and regulations are really more of a suggestion, kind of an afterthought. It's absolutely chaotic driving out here. I think the only other city I've been to in the U.S. with driving this absurd has got to be surely Boston. 
Uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, the idea is that these vehicles will be limited to speeds of about 30 miles per hour, which, frankly, again, if you've never been here, you're lucky if you can even get that fast. Most of the streets here are woefully clogged and just impossibly uh, difficult to navigate in anything more than even 10 or 15 miles per hour. So really, 30 miles an hour will do just fine. So, obviously, uh, really excited to see what GM's uh, cruise automation division has in store. Can't wait to see their cars get on the streets. I have to say, I've seen quite a lot of their vehicles, um, but somewhat frustratingly, uh, I tend always to see the backup driver with their hands on the wheels, not just sort of resting on the wheels, but actually really steering the vehicle with their own hands. So I can't wait to actually see one of these driving without any hands on the wheels at all. That would be pretty awesome. All right, so I guess that'll do it for today. That is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back here. Uh, If all goes according to plan, we're going to do this again on Thursday because, as I mentioned last week, I think Tuesday, Thursdays is, after all, a much better uh, rollout schedule than Tuesday, Fridays. In any event, until then, have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.